You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Howdy, music fans. Welcome back to Modern Musicology. Running the ship this time is Alan and Anthony. Anthony, how you doing? What's up? I'm glad to be here. I feel like it's been a while. It has been a while, my friend, but I am happy to have you on board. It's always better with you than without you. Aww, well, I shouldn't you. say I'm that because then our two absent co-hosts will feel like, what are we? You know, <laughs> chop liver. Nothing. Nothing. So Nothing. this is our annual Halloween episode. And rather than talking about general Halloween music, I thought we would have a discussion about horror bands. And the first one that came to mind is something that Anthony, first of all, introduced me to and absolutely loves. And that is the band Ghost. And we are joined by a very good friend of mine who is also like in the past year or so discovered Ghost and become a huge fan. And that is my buddy, Vicki Hudson, who is the lead singer of the local Rush tribute band, Spirit of Rush. Vicki, how are you? Hello, everybody. Hey, Alan. Hey, Anthony. I am good. How are you? Oh, just fabulous. So before we jump in, Vicki, let's talk about how you and I kind of know each other. You, as I said, are the lead singer and occasional rhythm guitar player of the local Rush tribute band, Spirit of Rush. Just give us a little quick rundown of what Spirit of Rush does and how you all got started. Yeah, so we are all Rush all the time, which is the only way to be. And uh, <laughs> we <laughs> we have been together for uh, just about 10 years now. We're celebrating our 10-year anniversary in November of this year with a big show on October 28th at the well and coming. So I'm, I can't even believe it's been 10 years and we got together just because I went out and started playing some open mics and playing some rush tunes. And uh, one of those open mics was a guy named Mark Michelson who said, you know, there's a kid who's about 12 years old that is a really good guitarist and you really need to meet him because he's a huge rush fan. And that was of course my incredibly gifted prodigy guitarist, Reese Boyd. And so he introduced the two of us and then we ended up bringing Ed and Casey, our drummer and bassist into the mix. And we had fun from day one and 10 years later, we're still having a great time. 10 years. I mean, that is just remarkable and no membership changes. It is the same four people for the entire no. 10 years. And no. that rarely happens in any band, much less tribute <laughs> bands, you know? I know. It's amazing. Um, I think that at the heart of it is two things that have contributed to our longevity, or there's a lot of things, but the two main things are that we're all united around a common cause, which is to bring joy to Rush fans everywhere, whether that's through our live streams around the world or to folks locally. And then also we don't have any ego about us as individuals. It's all about what can we do to make the band successful and to make the other people successful? 
So I love nothing more than to see one of my bandmates get a compliment or, or be a success at a show. So I think that friendship and respect is at the core of why we've lasted for 10 years. Okay, before we transition into our discussion, one last thing. The hardest Rush song to play. That would depend on who you ask. <laughs> so I can pick my own. Yes. But for, for one of the other band members, that might be their easiest song. So it just kind of depends on who you ask. But for me personally, the hardest Rush song to sing is probably, believe it or not, Fly By Night. Yeah. Because it there's a lot of songs that are higher in register that I can sing with much more ease. But it's something about the way that that one kind of stays at the same tone for a long period of time. So your voice doesn't get much of a rest. Right. So I actually find that one pretty tough nice. to this day. Yeah. Interesting answer. All right. So with it being the spooky season, Ooh. let's talk about ghosts. First of Ooh. all, for anybody in the audience who has not really discovered ghosts before, give a little introduction. Who is ghost and what do they do? All right. Well, and I guess I'll take this one. Ghost came around in roughly the mid-2000s, put out their first record in 2010. And they were designed to be a very theatrical rock band. They are fronted by a character called Papa Emeritus. There have been five technically different incarnations of Papa Emeritus, including the one who is now known as, um, was for a while, Papa Emeritus Zero, and is now known as Papa Nihil. But we're currently on Papa Emeritus the Fourth. Uh, who is the current lead singer. He is, uh, it's always the same guy behind the mask. But the whole idea was just to have this very theatrical, fun rock group that really could be able to switch out members and no one really noticed. So all of their, all of the musicians are what they call nameless ghouls. So they also wear robes and masks. Allegedly, Dave Grohl has been a nameless ghoul at one point. Um, not quite sure how true that is, but it's true. <laughs> that's amazing. I love that. Uh, and just generally, they put out some very, very fun, very, very catchy, slightly satanic rock music. Great summary, Anthony. Yeah, no, I think he he nailed it. Uh, they are, I think, ever evolving in their in their style, but I think he nailed it. A catchy arena rock with a little bit of satanic lyrics thrown in there that are really for theater and fun. And and also, I would add to that that they are very good at singing about topics that are multi-layered. So just when you think you know what a ghost song is about, you kind of realize, wow, there's more than three or four or five meanings to it. <laughs> and they're great at singing about, uh, especially lately, topics of substance about society. And I'm sure we'll dig into that a little bit more. But yeah. What do you think the ghost influences are? Like, what did ghost draw from to come up with the sound that they have? Well, I think you get inevitably a fair amount of Blue Oyster Cult in there. I mean, they're kind of the, the prototype for the occult rock genre. Yeah. I, I think musically, certainly on later albums, you hear a fair amount of Iron Maiden. You hear a fair amount of Metallica. You listen to the production on something like um, Call Me Little Sunshine. And the drum sound on that is straight off of the Black Album. You also get, honestly, a lot more pop on the later albums than you did on the original, kind of the hooks and so on, they could be off radio hits. 
and at certain periods you get kind of the horror sound with theremins and what have you i'm thinking particularly their third album uh meliora you get kind of that sound on songs like square hammer um so you, they really do wear their influences on their sleeves totally agree whenever people ask me to describe well what kind of band is ghost it's quite challenging but i say like imagine abba meets iron maiden yeah meets <laughs> I mean, it's really kind of defies description in a way, but that's one of my favorite things about them is that they have this beautiful combination between hard rock or even metal and then pop, like a great pop sensibility, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I think that pop element has crept in more as they've gone along in their career. You listen to their first album, Opus Eponymous, and it is very much of that kind of occult rock genre you don't get those catchy abaresque hooks that you get on the last few albums and as time's gone by and they've built up a following i think tobias uh, tobias forge who is the the man behind papa emeritus has felt a bit more comfortable bringing that in and going a bit more in that direction because he knows people are still going to be listening agree so how did both of you get into Ghost. Where did you discover them? And what was it that sort of drew you in? Uh, I can start that one because I absolutely love how I discovered Ghost. I was driving to a Spirit of Rush gig. So I'm in my car and I'm just driving down Marietta Highway. And Spillways, which is one of the songs off of their latest album called Impera, which is just such a masterpiece. I didn't know the song. It just a song came on the radio that blew me away to the point that I actually had to pull my car over so that I could Google the lyrics that I was hearing so that I could identify the song. And I just had that that moment of like, what is this? This is amazing. So I pull the car over on one of the side streets and I'm furiously trying to Google the lyrics that I'm hearing. <laughs> and they said it was Spillways by Ghost. And so I searched that on my streaming software And I played it all the way through. And I hadn't been that excited about a new song in as long as I could remember. And I just had that puppy on repeat for days. And I played it for my husband. And I'm like, I can't even believe that this is real, like what I'm hearing. And to feel that level of excitement again for a new artist, it was such a joy. And then that kind of sent me down the rabbit hole. And what I thought was really odd was that a lot of people that I told about this discovery didn't know who they were, which is bizarre because I hang around with mostly musician folks and who are very knowledgeable about hard rock music. And so I had the odd friend saying, oh yeah, Ghost, they're really cool. But I was shocked at how little people knew of them. Mm -hmm. That would probably be different today because that was a year ago and they've kind of really been on a meteoric rise. But uh, yeah, it was a joyful experience, and I still remember it when I hear that song. So I think my story is a little sadder in that um, it was my friend Radu who introduced me to Ghost. And longtime listeners of the show will know Radu passed away uh, just over a year ago. We did a little tribute to him at the time. Um, But Ghost went out on the road with Iron Maiden, and Radu and I were both big Maiden fans, and he texts me and goes oh my God, Ghosts are going to be opening for Maiden. Isn't that amazing? And I respond with, who are Ghost?" And he's like, okay, go and listen to this, this, and this. And I did. And suffice to say, I fell in love with them. Uh, I didn't make it to see Maiden on that tour. They didn't come to the Atlanta area. 
But fast forward a couple of years, so I think that was about 2016. It was in the uh, the Pope Star era, which I still think is an amazing name for an EP. <laughs> totally. They put out Prequel, which was their fourth album. Papa Emeritus for one album was replaced by Cardinal Copia, and I had the privilege of going to see them on that tour. And I saw them at the Coca-Cola Roxy, uh, and I feel like that's the uh, that was an amazing opportunity because I think now they're probably playing arenas. So seeing them as a smaller, more intimate venue where I could pretty easily get pretty close to them was really cool. And I've just loved them ever since. And uh, it's funny you mention Spillways, Vicky, because for me, that that song's a little bit cursed. Um, Radu passed away the day before the video for Spillways came out. Mm. And then my other friend, Don, who I introduced to Ghost, and he fell in love with them in the same way that the three of us have. When they released their collaborative version of Spillways with Def Leppard, mm -hmm. Don passed away the day before that. Oh, gosh. So, too close friends. <laughs> um, oh. So that song I, I, I like. It's very catchy, but I have very mixed feelings towards oh. as a result. Um, that makes sense. Alan, yes. why don't you tell us about how you discovered Ghost? You sent me a link to a video. <laughs> and you're what like, was the song? I don't even remember. But then as singles came out from new albums, I, I listened to them because you would always send them to me. And um, and I liked them. I, I definitely liked them. I don't I don't I don't think I'm like a ghost fan. Not that I dislike them in any way. I think they're I just haven't like gotten on the train to the point where I follow them. Except for mm -hmm. what Anthony tells me every time something new happens or a new song comes out or whatever. So I guess I'm kind of writing Anthony's coattails. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but I've heard I've, I've really liked. So I have to say, I'm really glad I saw them on the tour. I saw them on because that set list was just absurdly good. I mean, seeing them close with their main set with Monstrance Clock. Mm was just magical you know that song the way it tails out and you've just got him and singing come together together as one and the entire yeah. audience is singing along and of course he makes it sexual you know at the beginning he's like yes this song's about orgies and at the end of this i want you all to go home and fuck each other it was it was so funny um that they're just a joy i mean they really are they really are and I'm so sorry to hear about your friends, though. It's amazing how music, uh, the, the exact same music, you know, depending on where you are in your life and kind of the associations you make with it, how you interpret and what lens you see it through. And yeah, that that makes sense. Well, Vicky, you've seen them live. Yes. So tell us that story. And, and then there's a there's kind of a weird story about this, too, because there were very strange circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> I've now sort of come around to feel more gratitude than anything else, but uh, I uh, recently also suffered some personal losses. And, and um, when I when that happened, Ghost had just finished touring in the U.S., the first leg of the Imperator. And I literally discovered them like four weeks after they, they finished their tour here. And I thought, oh, gosh, you know, I can't believe I missed it. And so they were doing a European leg, and I thought, well... I was actually willing to fly over there to see them. However, they were playing as part of large festivals with other bands. And I thought, I'm not that keen right now on going to a huge rock festival 
and only seeing ghosts for 45 minutes or whatever. I really, really wish they would come back to the U.S. I guess I'll just have to wait. And then uh, right after sort of at the tail end of some of these really difficult losses, they announced another leg of the Imperator. And it it just came at the best possible time. It was as, almost as if, I don't know, it was like meant to be. So I bought tickets to two shows, one in Concord, California, which is, I have friends and family there. And so that was opening night of the Imperator. And then I got tickets for Simpsonville, South Carolina, because they didn't come to Atlanta again. <laughs> so that was a two hour drive. So I thought, okay, I'll do that too. And thankfully, I got the VIP tickets for the Concord show. And it was just magical from beginning to end. Uh, we got, as part of our VIP ticket, we got to enter something called the Spillways Lounge, which is basically like a little traveling ghost museum. And you walk inside and they have all the embalmed figures of the papas that have come before and they had creepy music playing and they had all kinds of uh, tour memorabilia. So everything going back to the first album, it was just spectacular. I took my husband who has become a ghost fan since I have, and he really loves the substance of their lyrics and all that. And he just was in there looking at every little detail and it was so much fun. And they served food and, you know, I mean, I really felt like it was a gift taking me out of some of the dark times that I had been experiencing. And the show itself, one thing I want to say about Ghost, for those who are new to them, is do not judge a book by its cover. Because Ghost looks spooky and they sing about they you know, they sing about all kinds of spooky themes, including satanic stuff. But it's really A, it's theater and it's fun and they often use Satan as a metaphor for things like hypocrisy and power. But they themselves, when you see them live, they just absolutely exude compassion and kindness and sweetness. And their fan base, as a result, are some of the most just supportive people. I don't know that I've ever seen an entire fan base be that level of supportive and kind. So when I was at the show, people were handing me stuff left and right. Oh, this is your first show. Oh, have a bracelet. Oh, here's a sticker. Here's this. Here's that. And there was one moment in the show where they uh, they blow dollar bills uh, with Papa Emeritus on them instead of a president of the United States. <laughs> they blow these dollar bills into the air and they can only reach back a certain number of rows. We were pretty close, but when they blew out, the wind blew them sort of to the left of us. And there were quite a few folks in our row who didn't get one. And they're quite coveted. You see them on eBay and things like that. And the girl next to me had gotten one and she just turned and handed it to me. And later, I some folks picked up some other bills off the ground and handed them out. And I made sure that she got it back. Oh, um, but but I mean, the, the level of kindness. So that was show number one. It was amazing. The nutshell version of the second show, unfortunately, is that there was really bad weather and uh, it damaged some of their sound equipment because the venue was terrible and they didn't have enough cover on the stage. And so the equipment got damaged and we stood out in the rain for hours waiting to see if they could put the show back on. But ultimately, they could not. And the venue was really awful and they did not treat us very well. But Ghost was great. They made a statement about what happened. And so I never got to go to the second show, but 
I was super grateful because some of the folks who went to that show and never got to see them, that was their only chance. Yeah. So it got rescheduled, right, for the following night. It got and rescheduled for two nights later, two but nights. ultimately they And it didn't repair. happen either. No, they oh. couldn't repair the equipment in time. Yeah. And there was a lot of prejudice involved as well um, because it was Simpson, Simpsonville, South Carolina. It's a it's a rather conservative area. And uh, some folks were protesting the show and, you know, saying all these terrible things about ghosts. And I just wanted to say, like, if you only knew the level of kindness, whenever Papa gets on stage, he always makes a speech somewhere in the middle of the show. If you watch their live videos, you'll see. And the speeches are all kindness. They're like, take care of each other. And, you know, he'll make speeches about like, you might be going through some struggles in life, but we want you to know that you belong here. And I mean, it's just like unbelievably touching mm -hmm. things. And Tobias Forge is very much that way in his interviews too. He, I think he recognizes that a lot of his fan base are people who are misfits and they're going through pain. Yeah. And that somehow Ghost helps them. And he very much tunes into that and I think, you know, helps the fans feel more connected. And he's apparently very kind in person as well. So that's the message I want to leave people with who look at Ghost and think, oh, they're evil. They're the complete opposite of that. You touched on two things, Vicky, that I want to talk about. Firstly, the kind of conservative Christian reaction. They recorded the majority of their second album, Infesta Sumam, in Nashville, Tennessee. And there are some choral parts of that album, and they couldn't find a, a choir that was willing to sing them because being the Bible Belt, all the local choirs were too uh, hesitant to sing anything satanic. So they ended up going and recording it in California where, you know, no one has a problem with Satanism in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true yeah absolutely um i know i mean i find it really interesting like that whole topic because my husband i'm jewish my husband is a christian and he loves ghosts because what he hears when he hears them is the metaphors that you know mm -hmm. they're not actually saying like you should go out and worship they're saying that you know there's a lot of hypocrisy in religion all over the world and we need, let's talk about that and let's address it. And that's, that's some deep stuff. It's great. Yeah. The other thing you talked about the embalmed corpses in <laughs> inverted commas of the original puppers in the museum. And one thing I really love about the band is the amount of lore that they've built up over the five albums, plus however many EPs it is that they've done in the, you know, initially they they started with just the band. It was Papa and it was four or five nameless ghouls. And then at the end of their tour for the, for the first album, there's like a handshake and Papa one walks off stage, shakes Papa two's hand and they switch places and bang, there's a new singer. And they kind of just start building on this. And by the time you get to the fourth album, Prequel, you find out that all three of the puppers they've had today to the sons of this older one, Papa Nihil, and they're all brothers. And there's this new character introduced, Cardinal Copia. And the Cardinal is secretly Papa Nihil's love child with another member of the, the clergy. But he goes off and he kills his half-brothers. And that's, that's why they're now 
embalmed corpses in the museum. And of course, when Papa Nihil dies, the cardinal is crowned on stage in, I think it was Mexico, as Papa Four. And it's really cool because the footage of that show is available online. So you can see the moment where he's effectively anointed. And just the way they've built up this backstory over the years is just, it's so fun and something that I don't think I've seen any other band with this level of popularity do before. That is so true. And you're right. And they have built the lore to the point where it's really easy to be fooled into thinking something is real when it's not. So an example is we went when we went to the Spillways Lounge Museum, there was a piece of Scooby-Doo art because Ghost is often sort of tied with Scooby-Doo because like a great name for the genre of Ghost that I've heard is Scooby-Doom. So it's like this fun theatrical, just Halloween, spooktacular music, and then combined with the doom metal side of it, which is just a blast. But they had a piece of Scooby-Doo art with one of the versions of Papa Neil's uh, younger self being chased by Scooby-Doo. And it said, on loan from Hanna-Barbera. And my husband is looking at this and he's like, oh, I wonder if this is how Ghost got some of their themes for their costumes is like from Scooby-Doo. And it turns out that was completely invented. So it was just part of the lore and you couldn't even tell. It was so accurate. <laughs> so I love it's that a lot so of fun. Much. Yeah. Scooby Doom. <laughs> One thing that I want to pick up on is when you talk about going to the shows and particularly in, you know, more conservative areas in the South and seeing protesters outside. That takes me right back to when I was in my earlier concert days and I would go see Black Sabbath and Kiss and Blue Oyster Cult. And you had that exact same experience then where you would have Christian groups who would either protest or preach or try to be the the loving proselytizing, you know, where they're like handing out things and inviting you to not go into the thing, whatever. But it was, you know, it's always something. It's like every generation, there is a new version of all of these things. You know, uh, Kiss got a a bad rap in the late 70s, um, particularly up into the early 80s. And, you know, nobody cares anymore. They're just kind of like, they're they're not shocking anymore. There will come a time when ghosts won't be shocking anymore and nobody will have cared and everybody will kind of accept who they are for what they are, you know, that kind of thing. And it, and, but at that point there will be another cycle. There'll be another band who takes it farther and another group of protesters who meet the challenge. And it's just an interesting thing to watch reoccur. And my message to those protesters, if there's anyone into that listening is you worry about your salvation and I will worry about my own. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, my husband and I have been talking about this subject a lot because you're right, Alan. I mean, I definitely picked up on that theme when I started hearing all these things about ghosts and I'm thinking, oh, really? Like to me, it was just, you know, fun. And uh, but I just got through reading Keith Richards' autobiography from the Rolling Stones. And of course, they had that label for me. Yeah, true. And so you see how there's always somebody. But one thing that we've noticed is that ghost is sort of that bizarre contrast of look spooky, sing about evil things, but do good. Mm -hmm. And for me, I would much rather that 
that I, I'm really sort of picking up on this theme in general in the world right now of, I want, I would much rather have something that looks spooky and does good. Because again, you go to their shows and you see this incredible amount of support and acceptance. People had came from all walks of life to the ghost show. They had purple hair. You had, you know, people from every kind of community, every age. There were kids there, like little kids. There were older people there. There were, you know, there's a sense of acceptance there that I don't care what kind of evil things they might be singing about, but that's the vibe that they're generating. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, Tobias Forge recorded a song off the Black album from Metallica. He did Enter Sandman with Ghost. And all the proceeds for that went to a camp for trans kids. So, I mean, it's like they're doing good and singing and looking evil. Yeah. And when you flip that around, it's so much worse to be saying good and doing evil. Mm. And, <laughs> and wow. fundamentally, you, you look at the last album, and that's what Griftwood is all about. Absolutely. Griftwood. Tobias is out on record as saying that Griftwood is about Mike Pence and how effectively he sold his soul for power and trampled over all of the supposed Christian values that he preached in order to align himself with uh, Donald Trump. And it's it's refreshing to see a band call that out. And Tobias even said, it's the most evil thing I've ever seen happen. Mm. And, uh, you know, I think calling out that kind of hypocrisy, it, it goes to exactly what you're saying, Vicky. You know, it's it's all about, in Ghost's case, looking evil, sounding a bit evil, but doing good. And then at the same time, calling out someone who claims to be incredibly virtuous, but then, you know, on the backside, just turns out to be a raging hypocrite. Absolutely. And one of the best examples of that is, if you've seen this interview of Tobias Forge talking about how he came up with certain riffs for some of his songs. So he was talking about uh, Cerise, which is one of their more famous songs. It's an incredible song. And he said, you know, oh, I was pushing my uh, daughter or my son, he has fraternal twins. And he said he was pushing them on the swings in the playground. And that riff popped into his head. And it's such a dark and spooky riff. And it's a dark and spooky song. But here's him telling the story about how he's pushing his little baby on the swing set in the playground. And so it's a beautiful contrast and overlap of these sort of things that it's almost, the way I describe it, it's almost like a gate. If you can get past that gate of judgment, you open yourself to this world of uh, incredible amount of acceptance and and joy, but only if you can get past the the gate of sort mm. of judging what they look like. And and that particular riff is so wonderfully doom laden. <laughs> it sounds it very much like something that uh, Black Sabbath would have come up with in maybe the Dehumanizer era, or even the Devil You Know when they put that record out as Heaven and Hell. I mean, it's just got that kind of Tony Iommi crunch to it that sounds so good. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that and, and to think of him, you know, coming up with it while taking care of his little kid, it's just yeah, so there's a lot of uh good going on behind the spooky masks. So I think I need to ask the obvious question, Vicky, do you have a favorite ghost album? Is there one of the five that speaks to you a little bit more? That is such a tough call. <laughs> I love them all for different reasons, but I think 
I would have to say Ampera because of the subject matter. The music's brilliant, but they're, they're, the music's brilliant on all the albums. But I think lyrically, he really pushed himself to new heights. Uh, as you were mentioning, Griftwood is might be my favorite ghost song. I'm not 100% sure. But just lyrically, starting from Kaiserian and talking about you know how empires begin and sort of the hypocrisy of uh, stoning people or doing bad things to people because they express contradictory views. So this was that song is Kaiserian is is basically about a um, a scientist, a woman scientist in the era where that wasn't even really acceptable, trying to speak factual truth and then getting you know, stoned to death because of it by religious zealots. So that type of substance and depth just makes me love that album. And it, and it just continues on from there. Uh, it builds on itself. And yeah. How about you? For me, it's Prequel. Uh, I, that came out at a really difficult time in my personal life. And it really just gave me so much joy and helped me through that. But also it's strangely prescient i mean it came out in 2018 and the theme behind it is around death and doom and survival through a difficult time of your existence and you know we were two years into the trump administration covid had yet to be heard of but you have you have rats which was really a metaphor for um kind of these values that don't really support a progressive society and a kind of regressive but you can then two years later look back on that and be like oh well it's also about death and disease and hey we're living through a pandemic so i don't know something about that really just kind of struck a chord with me and continued to do so and as the world changes i look back on it and can find ways to kind of interpret it through the way the world changes as well i think yeah. it's a really clever multifaceted multi-layered album it is you're so right and the the prescience that you described there have been interviewers that have asked tobias forge like are you psychic but his response is always the same that no if you just look at history these are cycles yeah. you know d disease uh war and just power struggles and all of that they're just kind of cycle and that we don't humans don't seem to learn very much from from our historical context and so he seems psychic and, and it is odd that that rats came out because rats like you said it's kind of us for those who don't know the song it's basically making a, a drawing an analogy between the plague and just the plague of ignorance so the literal disease and then the disease of uh just putting our heads in the sand and the first line of that song is in times of turmoil in times like these beliefs contagious spreading disease it's brilliant so i understand why you picked that one <laughs> yeah and you know the we're in the era of disinformation right that spreads like wildfire over the internet and then again 2020 21 you apply that disinformation to the covid pandemic and again, rats takes on a whole new meaning because you're taking those concepts and applying them to a literal disease that's spreading through humanity. It was really cool. Amazing. The song, not the pandemic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the song is really cool. It's great live too. The other thing that he seemed to do that about was just the 
whole situation that's going on with the election in the U.S. And, you know, he seemed, wrote about some things on prequel that kind of hinted at that too. And then Impera played more on those themes. And I think that's why I love, also why I love Ghost for many reasons, but because it just gives you so much to think about. And Jay and I will listen to the same song 10 times and on that 10th time go, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize it could be about this. And I think Tobias Forge would encourage that, you know, to, for you to use your imagination and your own, think for yourself and put your own spin and interpretation on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think as in general, he's just a genius. He is. He's like a modern day Renaissance man. Ghost is pretty well known for some of their covers and they pick some really odd and unexpected things to cover. And Vicky, you mentioned inner Sandman a minute ago. Um, the ones that I think of, and I don't know all of them, but the ones that I know that I have really liked are uh, missionary man by the Eurythmics. It's a sin by the pet shop boys. Now that's a stretch for me, but it really works as a ghost song and Jesus, he knows me, the Genesis cover, which just blew me away the first time I heard it. So kind of tell me about uh, what your favorite covers are. Well, I think you already know I'm a big Genesis fan as well. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus, he knows me. I know hearing that with slightly heavier intonations than Genesis ever intended, you wouldn't necessarily think it would work because that was you know, Genesis were very much in their pop era at that oh, yeah. time, but somehow they don't even change the song that much. They just add some guitars with distortion and it really works. And I think, again, the timing of it was impeccable because we are living in an age where evangelical Christianity is becoming louder and louder. And that hypocrisy that Phil Collins and co were singing about 30 years ago is still around. Mm -hmm. So reinventing that song for the 2020s was a really smart move uh, from Tobias and crew. And, you know, it's uh, it's not one that uh, they changed a lot, but I also really love their cover of Iron Maiden's Phantom of the Opera. Mm. Yeah, it takes some chops to play that song. And again, they do it justice. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. You, you sent me that one, too. It is mm -hmm. amazing. Absolutely oh, yeah. amazing. Oh, and I love the original, but their cover of Rocky Erickson's If You Have Ghosts is just very, very fun. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that one, Anthony. I think that's probably what I would pick as my favorite cover because it's, I don't know if you've seen the acoustic version of it. So there's a version on YouTube that's just him singing with two of the nameless ghouls playing guitar. And it's just absolutely spellbinding and beautiful. And I think when you've had a death in your life of personal loss, it's a very resonant song for anyone who's going through grief. So I really like that one. Uh, I like a lot of the ghost covers, the ones you mentioned I love, but my, my second favorite would probably have to be off of the same album that the Jesus He Knows Me cover, which I also love. But the first track on that is called See No Evil. And I can't even remember the original artist because I went and listened to the original song and I didn't like it nearly as much <laughs> as the ghost cover, which might be sacrilege in some people's minds. I don't know. But it's just a really fun, upbeat song. Great guitar riff that kind of hooks you in right away. So that's off of their Phantomime EP. So love that one. 
and uh, the Phantom of the Opera as well. All good stuff. I can't wait to see what other covers they put out. The um, See No Evil, the original band, was Television. Television, yes, thank you. I was thinking The Stranglers, but I think that's another song on that same EP, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, that's Hanging yeah, Around. Hanging Around, yeah, that one's great too. But yeah, See No Evil is just absolutely fantastic from this first note. Okay, other horror bands that we dig? I know Anthony's got a lot. Yeah, so I got as a result of Ghost, got really, really into the whole occult rock scene. And some of these kind of move off more of a witchy type vibe than necessarily a outright horror vibe. Um, really, really enjoy Church of the Cosmic Skull. I think I've spoken about them Hell on yeah. the show before as well. But they have this whole, they all dress in white. They kind of act like they're a cult. They've got kind of messaging on their website about you know opening your inner eye and they're very very fun um i also really like jess and the ancient ones they're i think they're also they're from scandinavia i think they might be uh finnish rather than swedish but um female singer very powerful voice very much like a modern blue oyster cult they are very very fun I also really, really enjoy um, Lucifer, who are German. And um, their last album that they did, uh, it's probably not their last album now. I've probably lost track. But their their fourth album, which I think was just called Lucifer 4, because they don't really do anything other than just number their albums was really enjoyable it came out at roughly the same time as the last blue oyster cult album and they sound a lot closer to how i think blue oyster cult should sound so it's almost like they're carrying on that sound well in my opinion blue oyster cult have kind of lost it in the modern period interesting so those are i think my recommendations well i'm really learning something here because <laughs> This is not a genre that I was ever really, uh, I didn't dislike. I just, it wasn't something I explored, I guess, in the past. And so Anthony's suggestions, I'm kind of taking note of now because I would certainly like to explore some of those bands. I've always been a Blue Oyster Cult fan, but not as much as I am a Ghost fan. I think there's just something so special about uh, Ghost and their whole sort of energy that really resonates with me, but I'm excited to check out some of these other bands. Ooh, I have one more, which is Blood Ceremony. They are oh Canadian, <laughs> and they almost sound like a, a mix of kind of original era Black Sabbath crossed with Jethro Tull. Uh, that's the interesting. They've, they've got a lady singer. She is very good. She also plays the flute for them, um, and they, they're very, very fun. And a friend of mine in Canada actually played a couple of shows as a support band for them, which nice. I thought was awesome. Wow. That is cool. Apparently they are delightful people. I love that. Any last thoughts about Ghost or anything that we haven't covered that you want to get in? I think I would just encourage people to, to give them a try, even if they, again, look spooky and, you know, sound like a devil worshiping kansas or something <laughs> um, <laughs> it's <laughs> but if you can again make it past that gate of just sort of judging the book by its cover you really do open up a world of a lot of substance and also i would encourage folks to join if you use social media to join the ghost fan some of the fan pages 
the one I belong to is called Ghoul School, and it's a lot of fun. And I mean, it's just utterly supportive. So when the Simpsonville show got canceled, there were some children who were absolutely devastated because uh, one little kid, that was their birthday show, that was their birthday gift and super hardcore ghost fan. And all of a sudden they're just left standing out in the rain for hours and ultimately there was no show. So it was just horrible for me. I can only imagine for a little kid. And when some of the fans on this Facebook page heard that story, they everybody just rallied and sent the kid little gifts ghost related gifts. I participated. I sent the, the girl a card and a little bracelet and she in return sent out thank you bracelets to all the folks that helped her. It's just incredible wow. amount of support. That's so sweet. So it's, it is, it really was. And when people have medical issues, you know, if they post, they're having a hard time, it's everybody just chimes in with like a ton of support. So if you want to just be part of a fun, spooky, spooktacular, ghost themed supportive facebook group i highly recommend the ghoul school that's awesome and I, I think i'm just really excited to see what the band does next um they tend to release an album every two or three years and we're only about a year of really anywhere between two and four years so we're about a year and a half maybe a year since um impera came out so it's it's gonna be fascinating as to where they're going to go. Are they going to go heavier? Are they going to go poppier? Are they going to go more arena rock? Will Papa 4 be the first ghost singer to make it to a third album? Because he, he, of course, was on Prequel as the Cardinal and then became Papa 4. Or will we see Papa 5? You know, how's this going to go? I'm, I can't wait for the next twist and turn in the story that is Ghost. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Whatever same happens. here same here <laughs> apparently papa four announced on stage in australia that that would be his final show so i don't know Ooh, if, yeah so i don't I know what that. that quite means yet but who knows he could become another evolution of himself or become papa five or everyone's on pins and needles <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. While we wait for the next chapter of Ghost to unfold, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back in 30 seconds to do our picks of the week. So stick around. Pardon the interruption. We'll bring you back to your podcast in just a moment. But first, promo for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. Here on the ESO Network, three hosts recommend this podcast. I recommend it. I recommend it. And I recommend it. On the Cosmic Pizza Podcast, it's a slice of life as we discuss literally anything in the universe. Cosmic Pizza Podcast, here to serve all of your needs. Wednesday, I'm here with you people. It's like wild. No pizzas were harmed in the creation of this podcast. And we are back. All right, so we are going to do our picks of the week. We're going to talk about what we have been listening and or reading and or watching. Vicky, you want to kick us off? Sure. So my pick of the week, I have been reading because of Ghost got me interested in just some of the sort of history of religion and how some of it came about. So I've been reading a book called Brand Luther, and it's about Martin Luther and how the printing press helped him to launch the Reformation. So that's been super fascinating. And my listening pick of the week is uh, the album uh, by The Struts who I've also just recently discovered and they are incredible. And yeah, I believe the good. album is called, yeah. Um, 
Everybody Wants, I think is the name of it, but amazing. So if I had to pick one song to listen to, Roll Up is the song I would choose. All right. Excellent. All right, Anthony, what's been going on with you? Well, it's been a while since I've last been on the show. So there's been a fair amount that I've been listening to. Um, I think the one thing I'd really love to give a shout out to is the new Stephen Wilson album, The Harmony Codex. Of course. Which is, you know, you know my love of all things Stephen Wilson. And it's just an amazing listening experience. If you have Apple Music and you have the setup to do it, go and listen to the spatial audio version of it because it is absolutely mind-blowing. Um Shout out for my favorite track, which is probably the collaboration he's done with Ninette Teab, which is called Rock Bottom. Love that. When I had COVID a few weeks ago, uh, probably a month ago now, um, missed a couple of shows because of that and the recovery from that. I got really into Susie and the Banshees, and I realized yes. I'm like 45 years later than everyone else. You know? <laughs> oh, but welcome but, to it, man. <laughs> I know. That's awesome. Happy House, great, great oh, track. Really, yes. really enjoyed that. Dragon Force put out a new record um, or a new single, Doomsday Party, which is just a lot of fun, very upbeat, very poppy, um, very, very enjoyable. And then two other things. Firstly, the soundtrack to Phantom of the Paradise, which oh, we uh, watched for our tribute to Don on my other podcast, Watches in the Fourth Dimension. That's got a really, really enjoyable soundtrack that was written <laughs> by Paul Williams, uh, the legend himself. So that's really, really enjoyable. And then I've also been listening to a lot of Killswitch Engage over the last few weeks. Um, no good reason other than I thought of them one day started listening to a couple of their albums and found that I was getting drawn more and more into a band that I've kind of listened to periodically on and off for, I don't know, 20 years at this point, but they've been on very, very heavy rotation in my playlists. Nice. Amazing. I love your suggestions. I'm noting all of those down. Oh, Alan, I really want to give one more shout out yeah, actually to a band in Atlanta that I literally just saw yesterday. I bet I know so, who it is. Oh, my gosh. So there is a festival called Porch Fest in Atlanta every year and everybody just uh, bands play on different folks porches and in uh, the Decatur area here. And it's just an absolute blast. And uh, several of my friends were part of a Kate Bush tribute band called Hounds of Love. Yeah. So I went and I watched and it was utterly spectacular, just captivating the woman who who sang Kate Bush's parts was amazing, but the whole rest of the band was too. The um, backing vocals, the the piano parts, the drummer was excellent, bass play, everything was just... So if you have a chance to listen to or see Hounds of Love on Facebook or live, do it. You know, I was the original drummer in Hounds of Love. You were? I had no idea. I was the original singer. You were there, right? <laughs> you do a mean Kate Bush, eh? Yeah, yeah. No, she's about out of my range. <laughs> that time when I had that surgery, I had to step away from all my bands for a little while. So they they went on with a different drummer, which I told them to do. You know, go find oh somebody else. Because, but yeah, that, I had I, no idea. I love Kate Bush. Oh, that band was so good. Yeah. Yeah, I was really blown away, and it was so neat to see some friends there. Yeah, that's so great. I'm glad you enjoyed them. I did. So, Alan, 
what have you been listening to? All right. Well, we are recording this on 1015. Two days ago, the great, the original, the incomparable Ringo Starr put out a new EP and it is called Rewind Forward. And it's just four songs, but they're great songs. They just fit his personality so well. And the sort of highlight, it wasn't the first single released, but the highlight of the album is a, a new song written and produced by Paul McCartney. You may have heard of him. And it is a fantastic song and it just suits Ringo to a T. Like, I don't know if Paul wrote this with the intention of giving it to Ringo, but it sounds like he did. And good stuff. So go, go check that out. And this afternoon... I spent part of my afternoon watching a very wacko movie, 1968, I believe it was, and it's called Head by the Monkees. It was produced after the series was canceled, and this was sort of like the the capper, like the this is their swan song as far as like, you know, the series is over and this is our grand finale kind of thing. And it is a trip. It is wacko. It is insane. I really enjoyed it. It is not a linear storytelling kind of movie as a lot of things were in 1968. You know, there was a lot of nonlinear storytelling happening at that time with avant-garde film and all that kind of stuff. And there was involvement in this with Jack Nicholson and Frank Zappa and all these people. So, you know, it's just going to be bizarre, but great tunes and uh, an interesting viewing experience. And I watched it because I'm going to be on the monkeying around podcast we're recording tomorrow night it's going to be coming out um probably about the same time that this episode comes out so if you're listening to this go look for the monkeying around episode where we talk about the 45th anniversary of head we talk about the film and the soundtrack in depth and i'm guesting on it so go check that out very cool yeah. what platform is head available on like is it streaming i found it how did you see it yeah it's on a couple of places where you have to pay money but i watched it on tubi and there was only i mean you know it, there were commercial breaks but they were very minimal and like 30 seconds at a time so cool. it wasn't intrusive at all it didn't break my attention from the the film you know all right so that wraps us up Vicky, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Very quickly, why don't you tell people where they can follow along with Spirit of Rush? Thank you so much for having me. So we are the Spirit of Rush. If you search on the Spirit of Rush Atlanta, uh, unfortunately, someone in the UK took our name as well. So there's a little bit of confusion there now. But uh, Spirit of Rush Atlanta on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and Reverb Nation as well. And we're soon going to have a mailing list that you can join. Uh, we have a show next weekend on October 21st at the Foundry in Athens, Georgia. And then the following weekend is our 10th anniversary show at the Well in Coming, October 28th. And that one starts at 9 p.m. I hope you can join. We're going to have a huge cake and everybody gets some. <laughs> I'm going to say, because you know I have followed Spirit of Rush for quite a long time now. And if you get the chance, if you're in the Atlanta area, and even if you're not, because I know that there have been some people who have flown in from other states to come see your shows, and rightly so, because I think that you guys are an incredible band and you absolutely nail 
the the spirit of rush i think that you really i mean you just exude it and there's a joy in what you do and the musicianship is top notch so i encourage so anybody listening to go check out a spirit of rush show especially if you Thank like you. rush deep tracks because you're going to hear some surprises. <laughs> we got plenty of them on the anniversary show. We got some good ones, but yeah, I, I just want to thank you, Alan, for just being such a huge supporter and friend all these years. It just means the world. Well, I appreciate it because, you know, it's, it's, we're in that period now where there's just not, there's no rush happening. Unfortunately, the individual members are doing things, you know, Getty has a speaking tour which I know that you're going to be going to see. Yes, I'm very excited. Finally got a ticket. I tried like three times and finally got one. So I'll be going to the Orpheum Theater in LA. I've got Amazing. family there. So yeah. And I will extend an invitation to you. I want you to come back on the show in February when we can talk about the 50th anniversary of the release of Russia's first album and just a career overview. You in? I would be my pleasure awesome. talk about rush all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Anthony, where can people find you? So before I say that, I do want to say I need to get along and see the spirit of rush. I've yeah. always enjoyed rush and I can't believe I still haven't seen you guys. Yeah. Uh, and also <laughs> those damn Brits coming in, stealing your name. I, I mean, know. the British <laughs> just ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you can also find me on the Watchers in the Fourth Dimension podcast, where we are watching our way through all of Doctor Who from 1963 until now. We are currently somewhere in 1976. We're about to kick off uh, season 30, season 14, the legendary season 14. Yeah. So check us out if you're into Doctor Who. Aside from that, you can hear me occasionally on this show when I show up. And... Otherwise, uh, you can find me on the socials, uh, Anthony Williams on Facebook, Englishman in ATL on Instagram, and uh, generally I'm here, there, and everywhere. So catch me if you can. All right, Alan, where can people find you? Here, there, and everywhere. Lovely little Beatles reference. Um, all right, so I've got a website called CosmicCreative.com, K-O-Z-M-I-C Creative.com, and that is a catch-all for all my crazy nonsense that I'm always involved in to the to the driving my partner crazy level. And uh, you can check me out on the, what? Oh, yeah. I, I couldn't remember what podcast I'm doing right at this moment, which is so dumb. <laughs> so you can check me out on the Doctor Who A to Z podcast which we're about to, we're still fairly new. We're about to hit our 31st, I think, episode. And Earth Station Trek, which, as the name implies, is a Star Trek podcast. All right, y'all. Everybody take care. Have a great week. Enjoy your Halloween. And we will see you in November. Take care. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.